0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Insights. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week in Health IT, a channel dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Our hope is that these episodes serve as a resource for the advancement of your career and the continued success of your team. Now on to the show.
1: Today on Insights, we go back to a conversation host Bill Russell had with Mike McSherry, the CEO of Zelf. The topic of discussion was, what will the consumer experience in healthcare look like in 2025? And Bill and Mike discuss what digital health means for patient education, decision-making, and the quality of the care experience.
0: Let's start with the, the future. Let's try to paint a picture of really what the consumer experience will look like in 2025 in healthcare, given what we know about the impact of the pandemic. The investment dollars rolling into digital health startups, the role of big tech, the the pace of technology change in healthcare. What might the consumer experience look like in 2025?
1: There's certainly going to be more proactive care delivered, regardless. The payers own the insurance, they own the risk mitigation, which is proactively engaging with patients before they start reaching a level where they have to go to ED visits or I, I don't know, injured things that could have been dealt with on a PTOT result in surgery because of lack of, you know, intervention, et cetera. And and I think with the rise of RPM, be it your Fitbits, your Apple Watches, your in-home sensors, along with the rise of RPM kits that manage CHF or recovery or more high acuity levels, and, and all of the monitoring against that is going to lead to signals. That, that provide more proactive intervention. And, and the payers have been captated. the insurance, most most employers are captated against their members. So they want to pay for all this. Hospital systems, because they lost such large chunks of procedural revenue this year, are now trying to aggressively move into the, the capitation risk management. And so they themselves are going to have to get into this more proactive. It's going to take longer for them to adjust their business model, I'd say. But, but I think that is an absolute and... Some people might see that as an intrusion of their privacy and over my dead body, nothing's tracking me, et cetera. But I think there's gonna be financial and business models and incentives that for the majority of Americans, they're gonna say, yep, you can monitor, you can reach out to me, you can try to intervene with my care because it's cost-effective and worthwhile to me against these high deductible plans or kind of other out-of-pocket expense considerations. So I I think that's probably where things are going and and don't discount Amazon's rise. I mean, I think even just this week they announced or there's rumors that they're now licensed to operate their Amazon Cares, their their virtual primary care and and their nurse care delivery in home in all 50 states. And I'm fairly convinced that Amazon's gonna eventually get in the insurance game and and provide all those economic incentives and proactive measurements and, and device accompaniments. And they're going to have a financial business model that most people, like we've done with most of our consumer lives, I'm willing to give up a degree of my privacy, be it Facebook or Google or whatever other big tech kind of mechanism we use for free because of the convenience and cost savings that, that benefits me. And, and I think Amazon's going to crack that nut pretty wide scale here over the coming years.
0: What's your take? That's interesting. I wrote an article uh, a little over three and a half, four years ago that said the next move for Amazon is to essentially what they built out, which is Amazon care for employers, and then get into the insurance game. So I agree with you a thousand percent on that. The announcement I read last week is they have licenses in 19 additional states and they are going to expand. I think they are a significant player. And when people ask me, you know, what does it really look like for Amazon to be in care? And I said, well, think about it from vaccine distribution standpoint, if they'd given a hundred percent of the vaccine to Amazon, how efficient do you think that would have been? I mean, my guess is they would have had people come to your door and vaccinate your entire family, and they would have just knocked it off by zip code. And it would have been a completely different experience because they have a ton of information. They have the logistics capability. They could have handled the deep freeze for Pfizer, the the moderate freeze for Moderna, and the distribution of J&J. It just would have been very different. And I think between now and 2025, that's going to be one of the big impacts. I think CVS and Optum are going to be another impact. You're going to see primary care start to get pulled away from providers, in which case the activities of the consumer starts to get directed by someone else, someone else with a different set of interests. It's funny because I say CVS and and Optum and people are like, oh, they're two totally different companies. Well, they're not. They're both two of the largest payers in the country who have significant presence in terms of primary care and directing care. And that's, that's where they want to get to a digital care platform and whatnot.
1: To, to go one step further on that, I'm in Seattle, Providence is headquartered in Seattle. And in this market, Optum bought several large clinics. So they're vertically stocked up. You've got Kaiser here, and now you have Amazon telling all 100,000 of their employees and dependents in this region to start with their primary care experience. So- Any gain of any of those three new entrants towards market share utilization or, you know, verticalization becomes a net loss for Providence and and to the blues here. So they're going to have to become bedfellows to more effectively compete against the verticalization of of those services. So I think you're going to start to see a number of like different partnerships and entities and pay Viter kind of collaborations because it's all going to be about scale. And these individual hospital systems with their geographic monopolies or strong positions don't that that's great for a surgery and the hundred mile radius of high acuity care treatment, but things that can be done in, in lower cost settings or virtually, they're gonna have a hard time stacking up a digital platform yeah. that meets the patient expectations against more convenience options. And at the end of the day, convenience always wins.
0: Wow. Thanks for tuning in. Another great episode. If you have feedback for us regarding this content and materials, or if you would like to help us to amplify great thinking to propel healthcare forward, which is our mission, please send us a note at hello at thisweekhealth.com. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.